welcome to Flourishing with Heavy. It's the first episode. Super excited. I got Josh Peck in the studio. Two former fat boys just, you know, chopping it up. And uh, before we get into that first episode, here's a few words from our sponsors. This episode is sponsored by Lifehouse Tonic and Elixirs. Anybody who knows me, follows me on Instagram or anything like that, knows I'm there daily. Uh, and I recently lost a bunch of weight and I've never flourished harder, all because of Lifehouse. So it's all organic drinks and snacks, very delicious. They take these incredible ingredients that are so healthy for you and they formulate them into these delicious products that taste so good. And I just love Lifehouse. There is two locations in Los Angeles, one on Sunset Boulevard, uh, just east of Fairfax, 7515 Sunset Boulevard. And there's also one in the Westfield Century City Mall that just opened, and that's 10250 Santa Monica Boulevard. Um, you can also buy their products online at lifehousetonics.com. Flourish. This episode is brought to you by The Heavy Collection. Uh, for any of you who don't know, I started a food-inspired jewelry and clothing company. It's called The Heavy Collection. You can check it out at soheavy.com, S-O-H-E-A-V-V-Y.com. Or on Instagram at the Heavy Collection, and Love welcome ish. to the Heavy Show. This is the first episode that we're bringing back. Um, for any of you who've been with me for a couple of years, you know that I had something called the Tasty Show that was back in Toronto three, four years ago. Now we're bringing it back, baby! And I'm so happy to have our first guest here, Unero Uno, Umero Nuno. <laughs> My guy, Josh Pack. Josh, what's good? Yo, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This is, uh, it's an honor to be uh, Umero Numo. <laughs> and I can't believe what a velvety, soft voice you have. Like, that's that, that's that buttermilk voice. I know. It's that Marvin Gaye. Yo, know? son, you know? that Jewish Marvin Gaye. It's that lighted Gayberg. Dip, it's that lighted <laughs> dip teak candle. Son. Run a bath. Get it popping one time. Yeah. Yeah. People love my voice. People always tell me that I have like a great voice, but I mean, you know, I'm just trying to flourish. Did you, were you born with that voice or did you procure it by, <clears throat> you know, from, from good living? Well, I mean, sometimes people think that like I smoke uh, like Marlboros because it's okay. like a very low voice, but I think I just from, I guess, smoking weed over the years. Sure. Yeah. Um, and that's pretty much why I have like a little raspiness to my voice. I no, guess. I love it. No, thank you so much. Hey, yeah, why it's, not? Yeah, it's it's, it's kind of romantic. Yeah, um, I, I like it. Yeah, so I just wanted to to start off by saying um, this is such a pleasure. I've been meaning to do this for for years. I'm so happy that we finally have a new home for it here at the Hollywood Improv. And uh, I just wanted to get into it, right into it. Let's get right into it, please. Let's just jump um, in. For people who don't know. Josh is a young Jewish boy. You're how old? 30? I'm 30. 30. Okay, so you're younger than me. Yes. Born in 85. 86. 86. Oh, I'm born in 86 too. I'm going to be 31 in November. Oh, okay, so we're the same age. When did that happen? Bro, I have have no idea. Like 30 was slightly jarring, but it was also a nice round number that I could wrap my head around. Now, 31, I'm like, oh, this is just a fast train to 40 and then death. Yeah, now I feel really creepy when I'm banging like 23-year-old girls. Like, uh, it's no. like, no, it's it's okay though, I guess. 100%. Oh, okay. Is it yeah. kosher? It's 100, it's glad. Okay. It's glad. It's glad. You okay. know what I'm saying? Okay. It's, it's Chicago 58. It's that deep kosher. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Right. A rabbi has blessed the chicken and it, you know, it wasn't in any pain. Yeah. It, this is circumcised. Um, <laughs> uh, so, yeah. 
for people who don't know, like when you were younger, <clears throat> people don't know that you were actually, uh, you did stand up. I did, yeah. I started out, you know, as any... people people know you from, I'm Canadian, so I didn't even know what Drake and Josh was. Yeah, I can't believe that Canada didn't have Drake and Josh. Or... I mean, maybe we just had the shitty channel package, but the only Nickelodeon show that I knew of was Pinky and the Brain. Sure. Which was completely irrelevant. Which is apparently. just crazy. I guess the Canadian Council gets together and they're like, we're crushing it so hard with Degrassi. And it's like grassroots made here in Canada that like we can't really worry about anything else. Uh, yeah, we can't worry about anything, eh? Um, but I mean, I get it. They they do. They crushed it so hard with Degrassi that you can't you can't worry about other family shows. At what age did you start doing stand up? Uh, well, being a young, chubby Jewish kid in the heart of New York City, uh, it was probably about eight years old because I wasn't good at sports, and you don't want to be the sad, chubby kid. So I just sort of procured this uh, this ability to make people laugh and joke, and my mom's a total character, and so I stole her jokes and would make fun of my grandma and people in my life, and, uh, and I did my first stand-up set at Caroline's Comedy Club at, at nine. Wow. Crazy. That's insane. And like, I'm nine, sure... Nine is so young to break into stand-up. It's, it's really it's ballsy. It's ballsy, but I also felt like those like, you know, eight-year-old Chinese gymnasts that know no fear because they've been doing it for so long that like it, no consequence comes into their mind. Like now at 30, the idea of walking on stage for three minutes is terrifying but at nine I had no sense of like fear yeah that anything could come of it other than I mean and granted I'm sure I got a lot of like pity laughs and extra consideration because I was young but I also had like a strong five minutes that's so impressive to it me. just worked I wish I had that type of no fear like ballsy attitude when I was that young because I feel like I knew you know at a young age whether you want to get into like entertainment and make people laugh or whatever it is right um, so I commend you for that so wait so how many years were you doing stand up in New York before you moved to LA to pursue every the act, Drake and Josh and the acting thing uh, I was doing it for a few years and slowly moving up in the ranks and I uh, started going to performing arts high school where I became like the Zach Morris of of my education experience. Wow. You must have been getting pussy left, right, and center. I was doing quite well. I mean, <laughs> I, I up to that point I had been in normal school and always was sort of like the odd, weird theater geek. But then to go into a school that's only odd theater geeks, it was heaven. Yeah, you were like the MJ of that. Yeah, I was. Yeah, I was thriving. Wow, Full flourishing, thrive. flourishing. Some might say flourishing. Oh wow, that's incredible. Uh, um, so yeah, and at 13 years old, I, you're probably not familiar with it, but there was a show called All That, which was SNL yes, of for course, kids. Of course, and huge. I, it's huge, dude. I like that was my ride or die, the dream of all dreams to be on that show. And so when I was given the opportunity to audition for it, they were like, "You're not right for this, but you're right for another show called The Amanda Show." which was what brought me out to LA and the rest is history. Now I'm here with you, heavy. Wow. Heavy with three Vs. Heavy with, <laughs> yes, exactly, with 17 Vs. <laughs> so wait, The Amanda Show went on for how many years? Uh, the Amanda Show, we just shot for one year and then the final episode, Nickelodeon had been going to the creator of the show and they were mentioning to him, they were like, yo, we really want a buddy comedy in the vein of like Kenan and Kel. 
um, which he had created as well. And so we're doing this final scene and Drake and I are being idiots, fighting each other and rolling around for this bit. And one of the writers looked at Dan, the creator of the show, and was like, yo, that, that's your next show right there. Like, those are your guys. That's your buddy comedy. And that Drake went and on Josh. For, that went on for how many years? That was five years. Wow. And still on reruns every day. Getting money. No, no money. No residuals on Nickelodeon. Oh, fuck. They yeah, really son. fuck you. Right? Bro, if I was getting residuals, would I be at the Hollywood Improv? <laughs> at, <laughs> Recording this right at now? At 1.30 in the afternoon <laughs> on, a Friday. on a Friday? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, so, that's so cool. I just, I, I commend the fact that you were, you know, young enough and wise enough, I guess, to know that. Because I wish I would have known back then that I could have really done it. You know, told, you know. Well, what was your, did you sort of have like the very sort of prodigal Canadian upbringing? Yeah. Natural, you know, normal? Well, yeah, it was pretty normal for the for the most part. Okay. And like, uh, like, I just always knew that you could... Like, I always knew there was something outside of Canada, like in L.A. Like, I always imagined, dreamed about moving to L.A. and becoming an actor and just breaking into show business, you know? Were you the funny guy in high school? I was always the funny guy in high school. I was always the guy who got kicked out of school. I was always the the class clown. And, like, you know, there was a lot of pressure from a Jewish family, as I'm I'm sure maybe you know. Sure. um, To be educationally oriented. You know what I mean? Like, to really, like... You know, to be, be a, law, a lawyer or a doctor or like a you know something like a profession that's respectable. You right. know, like when I dropped out of school and told my parents that I was going to be a stand-up comedian, they didn't really register with them. You know, yeah, they um, wanted you to do something where your paycheck isn't you know sort of contingent on com- a, a bunch of idiots coming to watch you perform. Yeah, but I always kind of knew in my heart and wanted to do it. And then in two thousand and nine. I dropped out of school and started doing stand-up in New York and moved back to Toronto and was kind of nomad from there and shot my first show and recorded a podcast called The Tasty Show, which fizzled out because I didn't have a home for it when I moved to L.A. Right. And, uh, you know. So you were the, just... The rest is history, except it's not really history because no one knows who I am yet. Says um, you. Yeah, but, you know, it's That's it's not on what the, your 20,000 Instagram followers say. <laughs> 12 I, point whatever, but yeah. <laughs> no big deal. Going to be 20,000 by the time this is released. Hey, one time for the flourish. I, I mean, um, I just imagine young, like, teenager Jeff, a.k.a. Heavy, in Toronto, like, playing hockey. Yes. You know, I, was, I, was, I, was, I was actually really athletic. Drinking Molson's. Drinking, yeah. I, I love to party when I'm at a young age. But Eating poutine. We, we, absolutely. Smoking oh. exports. What, what's the no, Canadian cigarette? I know what we, we used to smoke Belmonts. Respect. Um, yeah, but But no. dreaming of like, dreaming of a better way. Yeah, dreaming of a better place. <laughs> of the you big know? leagues. Yeah, and especially in the winters there, it gets so fucking dry. And oh, like, heavy. Yeah. And Sun. Yeah, so... Um, I, I just always knew, but we had a lot of similarities. Like we were both young, we were both fat, we right. were both chubby, we were both what Jewish. What do you think that is? I is it that our moms love us so much that they overfeed us? Well, no. For me, it was we. They didn't really keep anything unhealthy in the house. So the second that I went outside the house, I just fucking went nuts. That's you so true. I mean? Me too. And if there had been candy there, it's like kids in Amsterdam. They don't smoke weed because it's, it's readily available for them. You know. Right. It's um, not a thing. Yeah, it's not a thing. Um, so I just would go nuts when I left the house. And that's kind of how I was with like weed too at the beginning. I mean, I still smoke a 
ton of weed. Right. Um, but it's more like a medicinal thing now. Um, <laughs> whereas before it was like, oh, you don't want me to smoke weed? Well, uh, it makes chicken fingers taste better. So I'm going to go, you know, smoke some weed and watch a movie and eat chicken fingers. You I'll know? show you. Yeah. I um, mean, I, it's so funny you say that because my mom has always sort of been on diets and struggled with that kind of stuff. And at home, we always had snack wells, like diet cookies or like diet snack food or rice cakes or something random. And I was like, yo, Ma, like, where's the Capri Sun and the Dunkaroos at? Because I think this is child abuse. Yeah. So if I went to a friend's house and they had an unlimited supply of gushers, Josh was going to eat the whole box. That's exactly how I was. That's what I mean. Don't put a fruit by the foot around me unless you want me to like pop off and... And, and crush it. Go Tracy McGrady on it. Yeah, like, for real. Yeah. Rob Gronkowski, it, spike it right into my face. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so wait, I want to go back to to your career in the sense of like where you went from after Drake and Josh. Because like recently in the news, well, first of all, Muscle Tough, you just got married. Thank you. Your, your wife is extremely sweet. I've met her on a, a, two occasions. Yes. And Thank you. I'm, um, I'm a big fan of hers. Yeah, she's super sweet. And... Uh, it was news for whatever reason that you didn't invite the the co-host <laughs> right. or the, the your co-star. Oh, we're talking about it here. Can we? <laughs> sure. Yeah, let's talk about You're it. You're my I boy. Mean, have you not talked about it yet? I haven't, I guess. No, <clears throat> I haven't really talked about it in any sort of traditional sense. But, I mean, you know, obviously everything's all good. If you yeah, 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 of course. Check out my YouTube channel. You can <laughs> see the reunion. Um, but, yeah, so I cut so you what, off. So, no, 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 not at all. So <laughs> you were having your wedding. Yes. You were making the guest list. Your or not the guest list, your 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 invitation list, right? <laughs> oh my god. And then you're just like and and, and he didn't you obviously didn't make the cut. So, and what so so cuz for me I didn't know what was going on, but it was news. It was a thing. Yeah. And I guess rightfully so. I mean, the best way I can describe it is is that we had this really small wedding and Drake and I have such a long history with each other and I know it sounds corny because you always hear people in entertainment like say that, oh, they're so amazing and I love them. Like they always throw around like the the most overly used adjectives. Um, but you know, I I I love the kid. We've had a special experience together. How long have you known him? Since we were twelve. Oh, okay. So, and our names are synonymous with each other for a TV show that makes a lot of people happy, which is really dope. It's like, I'm so proud of the show and that people love it, which is an honor. But anyway, uh, we had a small wedding and the guest list was like crazy tight. Mm -hmm. And then also, you know, like we were turning off cousins and whatnot. Like, what, weddings are expensive. Yo, weddings are expensive. Family members go nuts. And it just sort of worked out the way that it did. Um, but it was never, you know, shade was not intended and, uh, it definitely blew up and we've since talked about it and mended fences and I really appreciate him apologizing to me and it's been all good. Like there was never any, uh, so when did it become news? I don't know when, when the people decided that when it the was, people decided that <laughs> when it was, they went who, running who, with it, who broke the news that you didn't invite him to the wedding? I don't know. I think he broke it himself. Oh, <laughs> like, oh is that what happened? No, I don't know. Like, I think it just kind he, of, did he, did he vent to social media? Yes. Oh, that's, that's it why happened. it was news. Yes. Okay, he made it news. He made it news. <laughs> what else do you want to talk about? <laughs> sorry, sorry, <laughs> no sorry. No, I think that's great. Well, I just wanted to because I wrote it down because I knew it was news. And no, it's, it's like it's one of the things I wanted to talk about. I think it's I think it's interesting how 
we'll move on from it. But no, I, no, I, no I, worries. I just, think it's, I just think it's interesting how something so insignificant right. as to you not inviting someone who you might have worked with but maybe have lost a connection with and just didn't want to invite them to your wedding, how that becomes – how that's somehow fucking news, you know? I mean, I, it's, it's amazing, but I think it's also like kind of um, like – Sad that they that they because didn't they try to make like try to pin you guys against each other right like that's what I'm saying to try to try and amplify it to make it worse than it because it was really nothing you know you weren't as you totally. said you weren't trying to show throw shade because you're not you're not you're not like that it was never that way and the the disappointing thing or at least the hard thing was in the midst of all of it and people saying all these things and and as you said pitting us against each other like I knew that in a matter of time whether it was a couple weeks or a couple months we'd be where we are right now which is like I love the kid he loves me we you know it's there's a connection there that could never sort of be broken yeah I knew that we would be back here I just didn't know when and yeah. so I it you know just made me sad to see that everyone was bugging out and really you know all I cared about was that my wife have this beautiful sort of afterglow of like the most important one of the most important days of her life until the other most important day when she realizes that it you know she's over me um but like i wanted her to enjoy sort of the afterglow of our wedding which she sort of couldn't because people went insane and uh and they were, people just love drama it's, it's kind of pathetic but they were it, it is what it is they were less than kind Wow. <laughs> on social media. Wow. Embarrassing. Anyways. All good. Yeah, no, I'm glad. Well, you're, you're a great guy. You deserve nothing but happiness. So you're a great I'm guy. Yeah, well, when are you, you tying the knot heavy? Man, when I when I get my act together, you know. Once, I do, once your the, act uh, seems pretty tight from here, my it, friend. It is pretty tight. It's just, uh, I don't know if I've, I don't know if I've, uh, if I'm ready to settle down or if I've met her. There's a lot of special um, people out there and, you know. I'm 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 just living my life as I see fit. Don't be stingy with your love. No, never. I'm Share always it. I'm always trying to to spread love. If I can um, just like sort of paint the optics of what I'm looking at right now for the audience listening, I've got heavy here. He's got a small moleskin like super ironic notebook with notes in it and like dashes and Roman numerals of subject matter. He's drinking a really healthy tonic from Lifehouse. Represent brand deal one time. Mm. Thank you for uh, thank you for uh, financing the podcast. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> it's just such a and he's got a smartwatch on. It's just a beautiful picture of I, such a lovely young man. I appreciate that. <laughs> I wish I had your 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 hair. I mean, as a bald man, I always notice men with with great hair. Josh has obviously a great head of hair. Thank you. You guys actually all the all the guys in the studio right now have a good head of hair. Tom has a good head of hair. Low uh, hair. Tom, lines. do you have a mic over there or no? No, it's okay. We'll get you one next time. Sorry, I can... It's all good. Yeah, no, no, we're good. We good. We good. Okay. Um, not that I'm trying to silence Tom by any means. Um, but Tom, shut up. But shut up, shut up, my guy Tom. Um, and my guy Max Pelsner, a uh, very talented um, photographer who's taking stills of me and Josh, which is great. So what was the Stamo show that you did last year? Oh, I did a show on Fox called Grandfathered, which yes. was... Uh, it ran for one season, and I got to... Uh, covet a relationship with John Stamos out of it so it was worth it that's it that's it's so incredible and I want to ask you about him like yes. do you look up to him because and, and another thing I just before we talk about Stamos another thing that I thought was really cool and interesting because I've been out with you and I've seen the response from youth when they see you and how excited and happy they get um the positive impact that the show had right is so worldwide like right. 
people from everywhere are coming up to you like just showing love at all times and I didn't as a Canadian I didn't even know what Drake and Josh was I know it's wild it's wild um I mean, Stamos is sort of such a great example of how to stay relevant and how to conduct yourself in the business long term. Because he's, he's been, been doing it for thirty it. years. Thirty years, crushing it. He, he, he's probably there's probably a tsunami of pussy like at his door at oh all my times. God. What what happens when you're walking around? Is it just like an aura of just like? Well, when we started the show, he actually started dating this girl who he's been with for the last year and a half or almost two years and who's incredible and they've had this, they have this beautiful relationship. And so I wasn't around for sort of, you know, the, you know, running, running the game, going full Stamos years. But we've definitely chatted about a few stories here and there and it just sounds fantastic. And he's, he's a nice guy. Yeah, he's a solid dude. Like, I don't think you could find I'm surprised him. he didn't bring him. I know. I'm sure he's available. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he would have done this, too. Of course. Dude, this is, I mean, It'd right? be an honor for him. Right? Heavy, like, Get him a Lifehouse drink? Come on. He loves a good tonic. <laughs> I'm sure, well, God knows what that guy's doing to keep his health up. He is just, I, I don't know what he did, but I know that he does a lot of, like, Facials and he does, he takes good care of himself. He's walking around with moisturizer. He's smart, yeah. He's got a little bottle of moisturizer in his pocket, SPF 1000. And excuses himself every 20 minutes and just reapplies. Yeah, and he just makes sure that it's high and tight. But he's also got those good genes. He's, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. blessed. So, do you have better hair than Stamos, would you say? I don't know. He's got, I mean, he's 53. He's 53. Full head of hair, hairline fleeked out. It's outstanding. He's great to look at. I can't. I can't stop it. Wow. Yeah. And he's a nice guy. Yeah, he's totally what, cool. What, what was he like to work with? Really good. Really. Did, wait, 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 wait. Better question. Did you invite Stamos to your wedding? Oh, Stamos was there. Oh, Stamos <laughs> was there. Yeah, baby. Well, it was funny. You know what's what's so interesting about a but guy? But like, like, fuck yeah, he was there. You know <laughs> what I mean? What's so interesting about a guy like Stamos is when you see like. I have friends and family that are that grew up in LA or New York as my wife does and they're not easily sort of starstruck and they've grown up around the industry so it's not like that crazy to them but they get a guy like John Stamos sitting next to them in like row three of you know the wedding ceremony and people bug out yeah people like can handle themselves cousins aunts flipping out like doing IG stories with him a little tipsy like like once they've mustered up the the, the guts to do it calling him Uncle Jesse and oh I'm like yo God. but of course he, he couldn't have been cooler about it that's amazing that's incredible I uh, I think I met him once when I was with Pete somewhere um, I didn't really geek out over Stamos because I don't care that much sure because I'm you know obsessed with Full House great show but I think I would geek out like maybe like try to make an Instagram story or something if I met like Shaq you know what I mean? That's someone who like oh yeah, I'm, I'm I'm kind of obsessed with. I met Andrew Dice Clay at a gas station, and I literally pulled over, and I was like, Andrew, Mister Mister Dice, Mister Dice, can did I please who, have a picture? Did he know who you were? No, but he was with his son, who I guess watched Drake and Josh. So I think it gave me a little more. He he gave me a little a couple extra seconds because his son was happy. That's so funny. I see him sometimes at the comedy store performing. No uh, way. Yeah, he's back. That's Dice awesome. Is back. Um, so, like, 
Okay, I'm just looking at my notes here. Oh, I just like to look at the notes because I'm a stoner. You know what I mean? Solid. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, this podcast is supposed to be about food. And I think it's funny because we're both two formerly fat guys. Yeah, former heavyweights. Um, now we're like middle middleweights. Yeah, exactly. Cruiserweight. But now I want to get into the food stuff. So, like, in New York growing up, what what kind of Jewish delis were you getting into? Oh, as a son. young chubby Jewish guy, As a young chubby Jewish man in New York. Well, all right. I'm going to break this story first. Where, well, where in New York were you from? Were you from Manhattan or outside? I'm from Manhattan. Uh, my mom's from Jersey, and that's where my whole family's from. And then I was born in Murray Hill, okay. so 35th and Lex. Yep. And then I moved over to Hell's Kitchen, and I lived in Florida for a bit, so kind of all over the eastern seaboard. Yes. And your mom took care of you. She was a single mother. Yeah, single mom. Never met my pops. Um, but uh, uh, speaking of Delhi, this is something I've never talked about, but my mom has enlightened me to the fact that the night I was conceived, the night, because it was a it was a one hit and quit it, <laughs> one hit or quit it. Um, it's a one time situation. They dined at the Carnegie Deli. Wow. Yes, sir. You want to wow. talk about romantic? They were like, let's eat a sandwich that's it's the size spawn a legend. of our head, and then use that as the perfect incubator to build a baby. Wow, and then you came out. Yeah, son, wow. nine months later. You were meant to be. There's something in the matzo ball soup at Carnegie Deli. Wow, yo. the pastrami over there. I think they might have closed it down They Carnegie did. Deli. They did. No more, no, more, no more recreation from the Carnegie. Well, the margins must have been shit, considering they gave you so much meat. <laughs> and then my dad gave the meat, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, my God. Cool. I can't wait to look at my mom in the eyes after <laughs> this she, podcast After she listens out. to this? She's going to be like, what, you are she such gonna a actually, disappointment. Do you think she listen to this? Of course. I oh, mean, okay. assuming she knows how to find podcasts. Oh, okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll text her the link. Dude, I, I don't even want to think about what that conversation would be like if I was like, okay, mom, I'm on my friend Heavy's podcast, so go to the podcast app on my iPhone or on your iPhone, and she would be like, I don't have that. Yeah, I'd my mom's like, completely... I just gave her my old uh, iPhone 6, and she was like, what is this? <laughs> like she had like a 4. She's like, I like this one. I gave her the new ones. I'd be like, She's mom. living in like the 90s. Oh, my dad sells a flip phone. Oh, well, that's just respect. That's G status. Yeah. You think he's like a drug dealer, but he's a lawyer. I um, love it. Yeah. But yeah, uh, I mean, the delis in on the east side, we go to Sarge's, which is on 37th and 3rd, which okay. like people sleep on. Okay. But that's like well, there's outstanding. So, there's so many. like Second when, Avenue. When I think, yeah, exactly. When I think about New York, I think about Second Ave. I think right. about Russ and Daughters. I think about Barney Greengrass. Katz's. Katz's. Come on. Of course. Uh, I've actually never been to Russ and Daughters, but now what do you think it is? Is it that it's well, Russ and Daughters has a cafe too? That's like a restaurant, right? But it's it's you go there for the Nova. I mean, you're you go not there going for the there Nova Locks. You right? no, but you know, no, no, no. You do not go there for corned beef. Right. I mean, even at Russ and Daughters Cafe, I, I'm sure they serve meat, but I don't think it's their specialty. It's all white I mean, fish, I've, white fish, pastrami, sturgeon, locks, sturgeon, <laughs> tuna salad, all that Jewish, that Jew Eastern yeah. block. But it's not just us. Like it's Eastern European. It's like Russian, Polish. Yeah, it's Estonian. cured. It's cured fish. Right. It's and also a Scandinavian thing up in Norway. Like Norwegian, Norwegians right. love uh, smoked salmon and all that jazz. And what was that born out of? That's just beef jerky for Eastern Europeans. Literally, yeah. It's a way, it's a way to cure fish without I think really needing. Yeah, exactly. You, you put it in salt or something. Well, actually, I don't think that's how you cure. I, I have no idea how to cure salmon. <laughs> well, I mean, I know how to eat it learn. like a fucking champ. <laughs> <laughs> I know that. But I know how to make it into a, a, a massive wrapper chain. But I don't know how to. Uh, I don't know how to actually cure it. I mean, um, what's 
Incredible what? is sort of, I don't know how you have found this, but the way that our tastes are created as kids and then as we get older, like my wife, who's Irish Catholic and grew up in California, she has no taste for locks. No, and I'm sure no she interest. thinks. I th- I sure she, I'm sure she thinks that anybody who eats kefilte fish is a fucking Cook. nutbag. Yeah, exactly. Kefilte fish is disgusting. But it's not with the right amount but of horseradish. But it is horse horseradish. Radish. Yeah, no, no, no. It's delicious if it's gonna be sweet. But right. sometimes you eat it and you're like, this is disgusting. But also, I think there's a part of it that because it's for Passover and it's one time a year, you're like, well, I'm never, I'm not gonna do this for a whole year. Yeah, no. If it's good kefilte fish, it's fine. Yeah, but. It's it's a difficult food to introduce to somebody, right? Like my wife introduced avocados to me because it just wasn't a thing for me in New York. In well, just before you when met I moved her. to California, like I mean, I I'd, I'd messed with them a little bit, but she was like, "No, avocados are actually the jam," and I've been eating them since I was eight. And I'm like, "What's that?" Like I don't think Goya sold avocados in New yeah. York City. Even in Toronto, it avocados weren't really a thing. No, because they they're not. Yeah, they have to be imported. Yeah. And if you're going to import something, import weed. Yes. Right. Or cocaine. No, sure. I'm just playing. Um, so as far as the delis in LA, the, the places that I like to flourish at, Langer's. I haven't even been. Bro, I've got to take you there. That's the Son. spot. That's honestly, arguably one of the best sandwiches in the country. The number 19, I flourish Swiss so corned beef coleslaw? Uh, it's or pastrami, pastrami, half-baked rye, Swiss, Baby. coleslaw, Russian dressing. Baby. Greenblatt's is extremely solid and underrated because it's open until 2 a.m., seven days a week. Right. I don't usually go there during the day. That's more of a late-night spot for me. Sure. Nate Niles Toasted. is a, Nate Niles is, 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 is decent. Yeah. What about – have you ever messed with Factors? I've never been to Factors. Factors on Pico and Beverly. Oh, it's a game wow, changer. Wow, I've never even heard of it. I'll go there over Nate Niles every time. Yeah, Nate Niles is kind of played out to yeah. me. Wexler's is good, which is in the uh, Grand Central Market and also in Santa Monica. It's all right. Oh yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It's all right. Yeah, it's all right. It's, I'm, ta- I'm saying I'm talking about L.A. places. What to about get some- Brent's? What you know about Brent's Deli in Northridge? Nothing. That's a staple. Okay. Super staple. Pretty good. Yeah. Very, you know, I mean, renowned. Okay. If you live in the San Fernando Valley, you're you're crushing you're, you're some going- Brent's. Oh, okay. Those are for those those Valley Jews. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Okay. Okay. Um, but well, I'm still learning the culinary landscape in L.A. Like, right. Even in New York, like. I mean, I know some restaurants. Where were your favorite restaurants beyond delis to eat in New York? Like favorite, like favorite pizza spots. Like my, my place is like Prince Street Pizza. I don't know if you've ever been there. You know, I haven't, although they have an incredible Instagram. Oh, my God. It's- I mean, I, I was growing up going to like all the typical spots like John's and uh, there was a spot right by my house on 43rd and 10th called Claudio's that okay. I loved. Hell yeah. Now, like, I'm basic too, so I'll crush an artichoke slice. Yes, I mean, yes. great. Wait, so you, you, you don't spend much time in New York. Like, you're not a New Yorker. Do you consider yourself a New Yorker anymore? New York's one of those funny things that I really believe it's in your blood. And my yep. mom is so hard body karate New York mm. that, like, I still have my accent. It's still very much a part of me. Yep. But I have no interest in the city anymore. Yeah. Do you I, go, how often do you go back? I'll go back once a like year. for work? For work and whatnot. But, you know, Manhattan's become, and I hate to be that guy, right? Because it kills me when everyone's like, it's changed. Yeah. Like, but Manhattan's totally changed. It's ultra gentrified. And it's just on some different shit than the way I remember it growing up as a kid. Like being old. Yeah. Yeah. Like walking around the city. And so I guess you, you just have to venture out, right? So now Astoria is dope. And like mm-hmm, people mm-hmm. live in Bushwick and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Bed Stuy and parts of Brooklyn that they never did. And before. Harlem. 
I mean, people were living there, but it wasn't sort of like this cool hipster family neighborhoody type type jam. So, yeah, I mean, I love the East Coast, and but I, I don't feel that draw back to New York anymore. It's cool. So LA's home. I love it. LA's the best place in the world. It, it's not. I'm not going to say it isn't because I've, it's not I've, bad. It's a great place to flourish. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, I mean, I guess we're both out of work so to speak solid which is pretty dope 100% because we get to do this midday on a Friday yeah exactly what's the rest of your day look like uh, what what famous you're going to go hang out with Jeff Ross and no, Pete Davidson no, and a pro- bunch of other famous no, comedians no, 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 and go just, eat at high end Instagram worthy restaurants yeah I'm going to go eat at the high end Instagram worthy restaurants <laughs> 100% you catch heavy at John and Vinny's on Fairfax yeah probably catch but, me there too that shit is so good but I want to talk to you about the Advertising, because okay, so you've built a huge social media following, which I envy you for, because I think that you've done it consistently for years, and that's something that I haven't been able to do. Right. And you know, with I, I, you know, because when I first saw you, I think it was on one of the social media platforms, okay, Vine or one of those things. Sure. And then I started to learn about you, and I learned that you were this you know established actor that had been around for you know years. Right. And. Yeah, no, and so, but what I'm fascinated by is how um, you've created these revenue streams for yourself through advertising on your Instagram, which I know a lot of people are doing, and through vlogging, which is something that I'm trying to get into. Right. So, what what are your what's your take on it? How do you feel about it? Because like the advertising stuff is so cool to me. Like for you to be able to go to like a college game and then to be able to adver- like to get money doing something like for a big brand. And then to, uh, you know. Yeah, I mean, what's what we're finding now is all advertising and major, major companies, be it, you know, something as big as um, uh, huge wireless. You're getting, you're getting real money. No, it's a great revenue stream and it's a blessing. And it was completely unexpected because when I first made a couple videos on Vine, it was because I loved Chris D'Elia and I would watch his Vines and my girlfriend at the time, uh, who became my wife, Paige, shout out, love ya. Uh, um, I was about to say, like, oh, is that your ex? <laughs> <laughs> but she, um, she was like, yo, you love these videos so much. Like, make some, see what happens. And so it just, you know, I was, there's a luck part of it as well that I was just early on on the app. So there wasn't a lot of people to choose from. So the fact that I was making sort of these silly kind of funny videos, people just latched on and it became this thing where within a year I was at three or four million on Vine and it sort of trickled down to all the other social platforms. And what was so refreshing for me was the ability in which to go right to the audience and to create something and deliver it within minutes. Whereas I'd always... And get an immediate response. Yeah, and I'd always been at the mercy. The trouble with acting, right, it's the artistic medium where you can't do it yourself. And so if you're a musician or you're a painter, you can do that alone and deliver it. But inevitably, you're always at the mercy of the business when you're an actor. And so this was a opportunity to go straight to the audience and I was getting this feedback and it just felt so good and of course there were like trolls and haters too which is the beautiful side of social media but for the most part it was people responding and I remember there was one time where my agents and manager were kind of like listen we're trying to sell you as a as a serious actor semi quasi not as attractive leading man and they were (laughs) like and you're making these funny videos which is cool but are you you know, is it kind of messing with your image? And I was like, listen, I, 
do I even have an image? I said, but the reality is people like this and that's all I know. Like, is it, does it help or hurt me? I don't know, but I know that people being stoked on you and following you and being dedicated to your content is awesome and a blessing. So that's sort of what was built out of it. And now you find these big brands who spend half of their advertising budget per year on digital advertising, social internet vlogs, YouTube. So I've been able to pair with some really cool companies, do something that I think is really cool and the best part about it is is that you know to pay my bills in the past i'd go do some crappy indie movie or something that i wasn't you know that i just knew wasn't going to be great but you know you have to keep the lights on absolutely and, and you have no control and in this i have all the control and i'm able to make something and we're all on the same page like people know that you know you're you're representing a brand but if you do it in a smart and creative way then i think people are much more open to it yeah i always found that you did it in such a tasteful manner that it didn't feel like advertising right. whereas Thanks. most of these other people are basically just taking whatever paragraph the brand is saying you can put this on and then just kind of pl plastering that on their instagram right um which is then which I, I have no problem with that either just getting getting the check and not caring about it but I think that you've curated such a following and, and your your following is there because they know that you actually care about it, you know? Right. So it's done, that's why it's done tastefully and it doesn't feel like you're even selling anything. Right. That's probably why these all these brands like want to work with you, which I, th I think is great. And I, I'm sure I'll, I'll get there one day once I stop saying pussy and fuck every two seconds. <laughs> that um, might help slightly. Yeah, Just you open know. you up to a few more brands. Yeah. But, yeah, but listen, I think that's dope. And what you're doing, like, and to me, this is what matters most, right? Is that the people that sort of... Uh, the people that approach social media and growth in that respect and just say, okay, I have to do whatever is the trendiest thing or hop on whatever is the most socially relevant thing and hack the system, I find that that almost never has the returns you want. If you're committed to the content, then you've got the long game on your side and you have to be willing that it might not be instantaneous. But if you're making cool content and things that make you laugh and something that you think that you and your friends would like, over time, you just... You just need one to pop, and then they'll go back and look at everything you've made over the past couple months or years, and they'll say, oh, this dude has been awesome for a minute, and they'll ride with you. How, how long have you been vlogging for? Vlogging? I've been vlogging for like two months. Two months. How many, how many subscribers do you have? I think about 800,000. Wow. So, so that, that, that's a lot for somebody. Just, I mean, for anybody who's listening who wants to know, like, that's a lot, right? Yeah, no, that's I've been great. really lucky. So, so it's good for you, man. That's well, incredible. It's, you know, I guess if anyone's listening to this who's not here for just the food and the heaviness and the, <laughs> the, the hot comedic stylings of my man's, like, <laughs> to, like, give that social element. Because I think people, especially people younger than us, it's a very viable, you know, opportunity stream, like, revenue stream. Like, I'm sure many high school kids are like, how do I become relevant on social media and make that my profession? And so where I was looking on YouTube was that I aligned myself with this kid, David Dobrik, who's a good friend and a super talented guy, and my buddy Jason Nash and Liza Koshy and all these people that were super relevant and incredibly accomplished on YouTube. And I just hung around them and picked up sort of what their, 
their intricacies were and the way they approach things and they let me be in their videos. And I did that for six or seven months before I ever launched my own thing because I knew that I didn't really understand it and, and I still don't, but I was able to learn from people that are doing it in an incredible way. Yeah. And so once and getting, I started- And getting money too. <clears throat> getting money and also they were nice enough to sort of send their audience to me when I did start. So I got a small portion of their viewers to watch my stuff. So I think that's really important too is find people that have that pedigree that you look up to and align yourself with them. I commend it. And I, I've been told by you, by Harley Mornstein, by a couple other people who are, you know, big on both, you know, on social media to vlog. And I think I am going to be starting to vlog. Yo, uh, I'm going to start a, a, a petition right here. Yeah, we got to. Yo, baby. Hashtag get heavy to vlog. Hashtag don't be stingy with your greatness. Yeah. I, I need to thrive. I can't deprive myself. Baby, let's do it. I know. All right. So this is The Heavy Show. And we just wanted to uh, thank our sponsors. We got Lifehouse Tonic and Elixirs. They're incredible. Uh, I've been ingesting their products for a year now. I endorse them um, very much so. And you can find their products at lifehousetonics.com. Um, and you can also follow them at Lifehouse Tonics on Instagram and Twitter. Um, the other sponsor I'd like to thank is Moto, which is in Silver Lake, 4001 Sunset Boulevard. You can visit them at www.mota.la. And you can also follow them on social media at Los Angeles Mota, M-O-T-A. It's a great dispensary in Los Angeles. Um, and I'm sure they'll be spreading worldwide. So thanks to our sponsors. Um, and let's go to the final segment of episode one, Josh Peck. For the listeners, we just took a nice jalapeno chip break. Absolutely, we did. Welcome back, guys. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, well, let us just clear our grill right now. Yeah, honestly. You know, let me take a quick hit of that Lifehouse tonic. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Do you have, do you have a vape pen over there I can hit? Let me oh, see what's bless. going on here. God yeah. bless you. Let's see how this next 10 minutes goes. This is going to be great. <laughs> Who knows if it's going to make it? Let's take a hit of this. Do you have to press a button or just hit it? I think that could be a cool format for the for the podcast. Until First the half light, hour, you're light. sober. Until the light starts beeping? Yeah. You got to really suck this thing, eh? One time. One time. So the first half hour, you do the podcast sober. Second half hour, you're lit. Yeah, dude. Bong rips at intermission. I like that. Baby. One time. So what's next for Josh Peck? You got the vlog. You've got a new wife. Yes. Are you going to have a kid? I think procreating could be in my future. Ooh. I know. I don't even know how to Little, little Josh Peck? It. Well, you got to go to a deli first. Uh, 100%. You got to go to a deli first. <laughs> like, Where are you going to take her? Paige is going to know that every time I'm like, babe, do you want to hit You want to hit Canners? Does she, like, does she know that you got conceived from a deli? I'm sure I'm sure she's heard that story. That's My funny. mom is not stingy with that story. She'll be like, so... He ordered the pastrami, <laughs> and he got a you know he got a nine month old baby. Does your mom live in L.A.? Yeah, my mom oh, okay. lives in wow. L.A. And you're super tight with your mom. We're incredibly tight. I mean, it's just the two of us against the world. So we've always been really tight, and some might say codependent, but <laughs> it works out well. I mean, she's my biggest fan, and she's sort of everything. She's a very much Jewish mother personified, but. In all the best ways. That's incredible. I, I have such. She's I have such, ride or die. She'll kill you. For my me. mom is so ride or die too. Right. 
And I think it's a Jewish mother thing. I don't know what it is. Right. They just don't ever want to see their young boy, you know, um, at hurt or whatever. And Is it that at hurt? Uh, the weed is already kicking in. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not even making sense. Is that that? Pass that pen back. Bring it back. This is entertaining man. stuff. Son, son. Oh, what's in there? Is uh, is uh, Mota in there? No, no. The, yeah, so well, yeah. This is yeah, spo- yeah, sponsored by Mota. Sponsored yeah. by Mota. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Damn, I, I can't even. I can't even like look at you the same way. You look so much cooler now. Um, but yeah, <laughs> that's incredible. What about this? Tom? Is actually good. This what about time? our engineer? Tom, you want to hit this? Tom, hit this. Outstanding. All on. of a sudden, the levels go all wonky. <laughs> yeah, no one can hear anything. <laughs> Shoot, you think you think Kanye's engineer needs to worry about a little weed smoke? Yeah, no, you know he's, he's done this. Yeah, his levels are on point. Who smokes the most? Tom, who smokes the most weed out of all the artists and Kanye's artists? Uh, Kanye's artists? Yeah, just artists that I've worked with across the board. Artists that you've worked with across the board and artists rep by Kanye. Uh, designer. Solid. Designer was his answer. <laughs> panda. <laughs> That's he's panda, right? Yeah. I I can I can understand that. Yeah. I can see that. That's cool. Um, I'm just so <laughs> impressed by like, I mean, you always hear it with rappers, but people in general that can smoke a lot of pot and be super productive. I.e. heavy. I.e. heavy. Like, if I smoked pot, it would be game over. Like you'd be going, you'd be, we'd be eating and then go, you'd be passed out. It'd be wasabi flavored Funyuns. Mm-hmm. It'd be a Netflix marathon and, uh, and yeah, and that's it. And then take out. Talking about wasabi funyuns, what are your favorite snacks? Oh man! Like especially, what were what were your favorite snacks when you were in the first of all? What, <laughs> was, what, what was what was the prime of your quote unquote yeah. fatness and or obesity? Oh please! I mean, I always remember this. So I lived. At, I I always tell people that I lived in an apartment complex. I was fourteen, and so there was sort of like a clubhouse area where they had like a gym and a pool and a basketball court. And there was a vending machine in the clubhouse. Okay. So around 10 o'clock at night, the chubby werewolf inside of me would come out and he would howl at the full moon and we would take a walk over, grab some change from the change jar that every family has, you know, the dollar box above the refrigerator. And I'd walk up to the vending machine and I would take, I would like have each course each row of the vending machine was a course, right? So first you got to start with the sour gummy course, right? Yes. So sour boom, patch kids, sour patch kids, sour yes. worms, perhaps. Then you got to change it up with a chips course, yes. okay? So I'm talking perhaps a barbecue Frito. Um, wow. Yes. Yeah, why not me? Yes. A sour Those are cream so and onion unhealthy. Chip? Those are so unhealthy. So bad. Fritos are corn chips are so bad for you. Baby, so delicious. Baby, Fritos, so good. Then you need a chocolate dish. Yes. So a Snickers, some kind of maybe a Hershey's Oreos cookies and cream. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was go-to for me when I was younger. Baby. Go-to. I used, to, I used to inhale those. And then you need to just bring it all together and sort of finish it off with a cookies course. Yes. So like, or like the, the Twinkie or the... Yeah, a nice pastry. So like the grandma's little mini vanilla cookies and the blue little grandma's cookies bag. So I would crush... 1800 calories in addition to what I ate the whole day at like 10:30 at night. How old were you? I was 14. 
I wasn't dating or kissing girls. Was this in LA or in LA? In LA, wow. And I would watch Howard Stern at 11 o'clock at night. That's incredible. In my living room, sitting Indian style with my treats and my sorrows and a six pack of Diet Coke. And um, yeah. And you just flourish. I got heavy. Yeah, <laughs> that is incredible. Baby. That's awesome. Or th- and that was on the nights where I didn't order an entire Domino's pizza and eat that with a side of breadsticks. So was this at the point when you were like, you were on the show or you were on a show and you yes. had your own money and you're like, because when I was a kid, I used to be like, Ma, like I want to order like a pizza and I wouldn't have the money. So I'd have to like ask her, mm. you know, and she'd be like, oh, no, you can't have it. But you, right. you, you were independent at that age in the sense that you could be like, I'm, I'm, or, I'm, I'm ordering this pizza either way. Like, <laughs> yeah, was no. your mom on board for you being like, for you flourishing? I never, like as a kid, right, because you're making money on TV, but my mom was responsible. So I always had a few, like three or 400 bucks and a little debit ATM card type mm-hmm, thing mm-hmm. that she was like, if you, listen, if you want to go to Sam Goody and goes balls to the wall and buy like- Whatever you want. Yeah, some Sugar Ray posters, <laughs> that's up to you. <laughs> like, and a couple pizzas, but I'm only going to replenish that every couple months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I so had she, to be she, careful. She instilled a sense of fiscal responsibility at, you, at a young age. Yeah, I wasn't like broke where right? I didn't have money to go to the movies. I always had whatever you always because I was I was earning money too. Hell yeah! But it wasn't like on some OD where I could go buy like buy G Shocks, like a sick G Shock <laughs> and some LA gears that lit up and a moped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and I like limo and like limo rides. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, I think it's it's interesting because there's a lot of child actors who end up getting taken advantage of by their parents financially. Right. And I've heard about it uh, between um, friends of friends where, you know, these parents just basically, are ro- they rob their kids. I'm sure it's, it happens all the time and I'm sure it's still happening. And it's like, oh, yeah, it's crazy. Look, I, people always say, like, how did you get through being a young actor and a kid actor and, and sort of make your way through the 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 foibles and whatnot and the pitfalls. And the, the reality is, is it just all has to do with your support system and the people that you have around you. And I was lucky enough to have someone who was like, listen, I'm glad that you love this and I'll support you because you, you're good at it and you enjoy it. But you're my child and you being a, you know, a respectful, good, educated young man is my first and, and foremost, you know, sort of, uh, priority priority. Totally. That's, that's incredible. Well, it, it, it it's funny how it you it seeps through your skin. You know what I mean? Because you meet a lot of different people in the entertainment industry, and they're not all there. You know what I mean? And oh, I th- fuck boys. Yeah, exactly. You know, and I think it's great that you you're so grounded. You know, but um, I think that thank you. Yeah, and I love you. I love you and too. I bro. think that could be a great subject worth talking about. Now is like. What, who are those guys, especially in LA, that I'm sure you come into contact with daily, that I do too, where you just, they set off a red alert in my head of like, oh, I, I hate you. Yeah. It's, I know it's right a, it's, away. It's a, it, cause we're all narcissists out here. Right. You know, Self-focused. We're, all, we're all trying to, cause you kind of almost have to be in order to succeed in this business, to push yourself, to promote yourself on a consistent basis. Sure. There has to be a, sm- a slight sense of narcissism. But I think what happens out in Los Angeles is it engulfs people. Right. And especially once, um, whether the content is hot or not, whether if, if they start, if they start to see monetary, um, like benefits from what they're doing that amplifies it. Right. And then you've got this monster 
that came out here for you know shallow reasons and right. with, with with poor intentions and might not actually be a kind person and I think and you're it, being far too nice. <laughs> like well, there's but you know what I'm like. What, what do you mean? What do you mean? <laughs> I mean it's like there's just some people pieces, here. They're pieces of shit. <laughs> they're total pieces. Of oh, shit. that's all. That, that that's the simple version of it. But and I'm it's just so saying, true. I, I'm just I'm just trying to say like to give perspective. Right. To 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 what happens. But like, like if you're wearing end. trendy joggers, a really long t-shirt and some form of Kanye West sneaker. And, and you're vaping. Like, yeah. And you're vaping and you've got a cool guy haircut and like, I've got the cool guy haircut, but not the joggers. But <laughs> like, I, I make a snap judgment about you. I'm like, you and I probably wouldn't be friends. And <laughs> it's tough not to because 95% of that person is the biggest fucking asshole. Ugh, just are, a piece of shit. Yeah, and I'm Canadian, and so when I first so you're moved naturally here, friendly. I'm naturally apologizing for no reason, <laughs> right? And I'm was shocked even when I first moved here. And I mean, I'm I've spent a lot of time in New York, so I'm used to I've got a chip on my shoulder too. You know right. what I mean? Like, but like, what kills me too, and I've gotten it from like actors, big actors, where it's like, listen, I don't give it like I don't need any special treatment. Nor do I think I deserve it or anyone else does. But like the normal so social contract that I would do with anyone of like when I meet someone, I would give them eye contact, shake their hand firmly and be like, nice to meet, meet you. you. Yeah. And like at least have three to four second connection, even if that's the only one. What kills me is when I meet people, especially and I find certain people, like certain actors where they won't even give you eye contact. They'll literally shake your head and be moving on to the whoever is more famous in the room. Wow. And I'm like, homie, like, yo, How? like, I'm not shit, but like, at least say, like, at give least me, look me in the eyes. Give me your eyes for three and a half seconds. And what's, what's crazy about that is if they're doing that to you, God knows where they're treating the help. Or how they're treating a waiter or a waitress. Like one of the rules that Gross. I have is I'll never work with anybody who's rude to someone in the that service, type, the service industry. industry. Like if you're rude to a waiter or a waitress, you're, you're a rude piece to of a, shit. If you're rude to a cleaning lady, anything, yeah, you're a piece of shit because ultimately you're just asserting that type of dominance because you're in that position and you know they can't really respond. Right. And uh, it's just a sign of weakness and a sign of insecurity that I always stay away from. Until they catch the wrong waiter who's at the end of their rope and practices MMA on the weekends. Exactly. And they put them in a rear naked choke and until they, they shit turn their blue. pants in front of their bumble date. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> they shit their pants at a cheesecake factory. Yeah, exactly. Like, While they're fucking up. waiting for their buffalo uh, chicken. Uh, yeah. The, what, what are those called? The buffalo, buffalo chicken? Buffalo Blast. Buffalo Blast. Those are so fucking good. Buff they're great. Oh, the, Yo, Reese, the Reese's Pieces cheesecake too. Is so how do we good. get Cheesecake Factory to advertise? Well, I was this. just thinking, is once we have a following on this, people like Cheesecake Factory are going to be sucking my dick. <laughs> They're going to be dying to advertise. <laughs> <on here. laughs> Oh my god! But um, this has been so much fun, dude. And love is, you, man. I, I feel like this has been a great episode, guys. Thank check you. out Josh. Check out his vlog, which is Shua. Shua vlogs, but just Josh Peck on YouTube. Josh Peck on YouTube. Yes, your sir. Instagram. Obviously, you don't need it, but your Instagram. My man, Shua Peck. Shua Peck. Thank you. Uh, is there anything else you want plugged? Um, my mom's birthday is June third. If you guys want to, you know, send her a shout out in nine months, feel free to do that. That would be really sweet of you, guys. Barbara Peck. 
Barbara Peck, Shabber <laughs> out. Um, I want to thank Dude. I want to thank Tom Kahari, always always second string Kanye engineer mastermind of but the sound. First string in our hearts. First string in our hearts always. An, an auditory prodigy. You'll forever be first string in my heart, dog. My man. And I want to thank Max Pelsner for taking the stills and helping Max, us out. Incredible, guys. AI. This is the heavy show. We'll see you till next time. Cheers.